Welcome to 353rd, a bi-weekly podcast discussing the impact of the internet on business. This is episode 46. Today is Monday, December 3rd, 2012. I am Scott Barstow. And I am Anders Brownworth. Anders, we've been away for quite some time now. Slaying uh, some dragons, that's for sure. We have been slaying some dragons. We do have two shows in the can, as they say. Uh, and this show will come out right on the heels of those other two shows. And uh, so hopefully by the time you have you all have listened to this one, you will have listened to those other two as well. Or you can listen to those next. You don't have That's to listen right. to them in order. But I like, uh, I, I, there's something about just staying in sequence because, you know, we plan our shows that way. We're very we careful to plan the content so that it makes sense in a series. There you go. There you go. I'm not going to argue that. No. So what's new? There's lots new. I think the probably the one of the more important things that's new is Google releasing a new phone, the LG Nexus 4. A couple of things are significant about it. A, it's uh, from all accounts a killer device, and I believe uh, you've got one on order or I something have, like I that. Have, I have seen one. I have held one in my very hand before it actually was released. Yeah, so the so the Google for whatever reason has uh, uh, these phones have gone on sale twice and they've yeah. sold out instant almost instantly. Yeah, the last time they sold out within two minutes of the last batch sold out within two minutes, I believe was the stat. And so you've you've had your hands on this, and what do you tell us what you think about it? So it's a great phone. So I, I'm a big fan of the earlier Nexus, the one made by Samsung. Uh, it had the, I mean, was sort of, you know, the big difference between that one and this one in terms of just the way it looks physically is this one has a big piece of glass on the back, getting ever so much closer to the uh, iPhone, but uh, it, it's sort of a, a step up, a notch up. It's got a good weight to it, a good feel. It removes a lot of that plastic, uh, you know, feel that the back had. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful phone. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. I'm looking at the thing now. They're selling it for 299 bucks. Yeah, that's um, a great price point. I think it is, and it's clearly subsidized. I mean, yes, not, obviously. Yeah, they are not buying that device for for their for uh, you know their carrier friends that. are definitely helping the price of that come down. Well, not necessarily. I mean, this is without a carrier. This is unlocked, oh, really? contract free, 299. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what it's what it's a, a bet on is Google's Play Store. That you will yes, sure. sign up, start buying things. They will get uh, they will get some money that way, and that's a. I mean, it's a very Amazon type strategy, and I think it's probably a good one for uh, for this. But I, I just I, I any well, the other obvious thing that they get, of course, is that all of your almost everything you're going to use on the phone that's whether it's search or maps or whatever is going to be a Google app. Yeah. And so they're counting on I'm sure they're counting on obviously user behavior inf- information and then of course the all that feeds their ad machine. Right. So how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, clearly you do pay the extra price for the phone. It's a it's paid in uh in advertising and it's paid in probably to some degree, your personal information, not maybe directly, uh, not quite that directly, but for sure that's a, that's a possibility. Well, my, my, I guess my thought on that is it's no different than Apple, number one. And I think when you – I'm a he- heavy user of Google technology 
generally. Yeah. And so I've sort of let that go as a concern. And whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, I'm not quite sure yet, but yeah. I've stopped worrying about it for the right. most part. Right. I can see in, in time people will worry about that more and more. Yeah, um, I think that's right. So I think it's it's interesting to look at this phone in, in uh, conjunction with what Apple is doing. Um, this this phone in particular, but but really uh, really it's much more a function of the uh, the the way the operating system has progressed. I tweeted a few days ago uh, that I thought Google is getting better at design a lot more quickly than Apple is getting better at cloud computing. What and do you I, mean by that? Uh, well, I think that it's. It's if you look at uh, iCloud, it's it's okay, and it's certainly not the the best in the business, and it's certainly not uh, permeating absolutely everything. I mean, you still sync your music to your phone. It's not you know there's still that kind of crutch there. It's not a, a full and complete buy-in the way Google services are, for example. I mean, you don't. Yeah, aside from a couple of Chromebooks, you really don't buy a Google computer and uh, have local Google storage. It's always ever been in the net. So uh, they've always been the masters of that. And I think in order to be a modern company, you really do need to go there and embrace the uh, the network. Um, so here's a question. You know, Apple doesn't have, if you look at the competitors, Google obviously being the biggest one, and Microsoft, to some extent, although we'll talk about them in a bit and how how relevant they will stay, but do you think Apple is missing out because they don't provide in iCloud? They don't provide, for instance, a you know a document suite like Google Drive or you know those other services that get uh, Google hooked or get people hooked on Google rather. Yeah, so you're talking about a a uh, like a ecosystem, really. Yeah, right? or just a, a suite of things that appeal to the business user. Certainly, Microsoft has that. They've got it both on the desktop with Office, and then they've got the Office 365. Yeah, you know, you can get hosted mail through them. You can do all of these things that you can do with Google. They've got they've got Bing. And mm-hmm. uh, and all of these other services, if they could get their head on straight about mobile, they at some point might be in a better position. You could argue, at least in the enterprise, because they have all of these other products. Yeah, the, uh, you know that that could be. I think Google, uh, by virtue of the way that their business works, they have to. Uh, deploy everything over the net because there isn't a uh, they're not really writing software that runs on your local computer very little of it does uh, but you know that which has always been seen as sort of a uh, a weakness and a and a, a kludgy experience has been slowly progressing um, so I, I think it's interesting and I think maybe they might benefit from a bit of that ecosystem now um, uh, much like I believe Microsoft has in the past, but what blows me away is how how the absolute just quantum leaps they've made in UI uh, in the past, really the past two years. 
by that, you buy that the quantum leaps. You're talking about talking Google about now making those leaps, right? Google making those leaps in terms of uh, Android, uh, mm-hmm. in particular. I agree. Um, they, it's it's just a it's just an absolute paradigm shift. I did not see that coming, uh, and they are they are they have so much erased the difference between uh, an Android device and an iPhone. I would still give the iPhone the slight nudge in terms of. Uh, cohesiveness, but I got to tell you, I mean, most people just will not even see the difference. It's really just going to be a branding thing or a, a status thing, maybe, or something that you would go with an iPhone over an Android device like this uh, Nexus Four. It they are just that good, and they are they have definitely the pricing advantage at this point. Um, if you look at it as as just a, uh, a one-off device that you buy, I mean, you know, uh, an iPhone is six, seven hundred bucks when you uh, when you look at the total price paid across a two-year contract. Right. Um, and this phone at two ninety-nine, you know, three hundred bucks. That's that's you know, it's less than an iPad. That's that's an amazing price. Um, so remains to be seen. But I think uh, it scares me that Apple has. Uh, not really been making the strides I think they need to in the in the cloud arena, and it's surprising that Google has gotten as far ahead as they have, and I think it portends for the future some some problems. But uh, this is in no means a reason to start shorting Apple stock or anything because they are just at such an attractive price point right now. The way they are, uh, uh, you know, how much their stock price is priced at versus how much money they they make it's still yeah. a no it's just a, it's an easy one it's a it's still a you know we're still a ways off but i got to tell you in terms of warning signs this is a big one um, yeah so full disclosure uh we are not recommending that you buy or sell any stock on this show just to be clear yes because we are we're very tainted uh i own some apple stock I own some Google stocks, so it's really not, you know, it's, yeah, don't listen to me. What's been really interesting to me is to watch Apple progress with the Apple TV. And uh, so I think there's an interesting bit of competition coming in Apple TV versus Google TV. Uh And I'm surprised that the progress on Apple TV has not been better. Really, the device is not that much different today than it was two years ago. And it seems to me that that's another area where there's potentially some some big wins ahead for Google. I don't. I've used the Google TV. It's okay, but with the with the progress they're making elsewhere, I wonder if we're going to see similar kinds of leaps. Perhaps in uh, in that, and I got to tell you that one of the main reasons we, uh, you know, we're an Apple family almost exclusively. I can't think of a device that I use regularly that's not. I've got uh, my MacBook Pro. Everybody in the in the house carries an iPhone or an iPod. Uh, we've got the Apple TV. We've got, um, you know, you name it. It's almost all Apple. And so the, the, the price to switch for me is going to be steep. But after reading up on the phone and then seeing the, the phone that you had with you last week, yeah. I got to tell you that the, there's a big part of me that says, you know, if ever there's a time to make a switch or start making a switch, it might be now. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably uh, – now is, now is a great time because these are just fantastic devices, especially if you're – 
your data for the most part is in Google services already. As it is the case with me, I my uh, iPhone syncs with my Google uh, contacts and you know, my Google phone obviously uses those contacts as well. So it's kind of already in Google's cloud anyway. So the migration is not a big deal. Here's, here's an observation though that I, I've got. I think when you're starting out with a brand new uh, segment, and I would argue that the iPhone uh, really define the segment. You can think of it as redefine the phone, but I think that's that's not true because the iPhone is not really a phone. It's it's really a computer in your pocket, always on IP kind of deal. Right. As will these as are the any of these devices coming from Google. Right, that's right. But yeah. the the if you look at the what Android looked like back at the back in the day because in 2007 when the uh, iPhone came out, Android, I mean, it was a full, full-on operating system for smartphones. It was just was it looked very, very similar to like a Treo or, an, or a Rim uh, BlackBerry. And the interesting thing there, I think, is that the with the brand new kind of sky's the limit. So let's define things how they should be defined. Uh, let's do a touch interface. You can have multiple touches at the same time. Targets are big like your finger is big. Doesn't require a stylus. You know, you can do a keyboard on screen. These kinds of things totally redefined the the market. And, and back in the day, you looked at that and people were saying, oh, I never use it. There's not a hardware keyboard. And now virtually every single phone out there, with very few exceptions, uh, has an on-screen keyboard. I'm, you know... Apple was on to something. It may not be 100% of the market, but it's it's darn near close to 100%. The point is, Apple, with uh, controlling the entire ecosystem, could just make some unilateral decisions that cross traditional boundaries. And then now when you kind of look at a phone, you say, okay, the standard phone has a, a big touchscreen on the front. It's got accelerometers. It's got Wi-Fi, th- this, that, and the other thing. You just run off a, a bunch of standard features that pretty much every phone, uh, every smartphone being sold today has. Um, you, you can define now a class and, and start to say, okay, this is what a phone includes. It includes this laundry list of uh, components and features and whatever. And now you can start to compartmentalize it. And that starts to favor the companies that uh, sort of outsource those kinds of things, where the the hardware is made by this company and the software is made by that company, and, you know, things interoperate in in a very predefined, well-defined way. Uh, That starts to favor a company that works, a set of companies that work in that area, because pieces can become commodities and it's not all one proprietary box. It tends yeah, to and I think maybe you can go faster as well on the innovation side. You can if you can couple things together. I uh, agree. Particularly hardware and software. If you're not having to have those two march in lockstep, uh, there's a there's I think there's the opportunity for, to go faster as well. Right. I think that's true. I but I think that that is true only where you do not need to cross one of the domains. Yes. If, if you agreed. need to cross a domain, then then the integrated approach again is going to be the better of the the two. Uh, but then give it time, and that that uh, the fact that you need to cross that domain becomes part of the calculus. And then you know it's so 
I, I think it's interesting to look at this, sort of look into the future of the handset market. Uh, by but, you know, remember Apple has by far and away, you know, they sell many more Android devices than than Apple device, devices by far, orders of magnitude. However, Apple has by far the largest segment of the the, the largest amount of profits. Uh, they make most of the money by by such an extraordinary magnitude that it's almost hard to believe. Uh, and then you have other you have uh, car- uh, handset manufacturers like HTC that actually made the first Nexus phones, um, and a couple of others that are struggling for survival. I mean, they're they they look like they're just about to go to bus- out of business in some cases. Sure. Um, so so and then you have of course uh, uh, Samsung, which is which is. Uh, not only a handset manufacturer, but which has been doing extraordinarily well. Keep in mind, they didn't even sell handsets uh, like three years ago, right. um, which is just amazing. Anyway, so there's been these tectonic shifts in this market, and it brings me to uh, up to remember Microsoft in the 90s and Apple back in the day had the uh, all-in-one approach where they they had a proprietary box that the really started with the uh, the uh, Macintosh, mm-hmm. uh, and and they were beating the pants off of every other option out there until the PC market essentially commoditized, figured out what the pieces were, and then commoditized them, and then just were able to innovate a lot more quickly and become much more efficient. On the different levels, than uh, Apple was able to, and also other things happened with Apple uh, at the time. They they got a little too complacent, I would argue. So do you? So what you're saying is, you see, you may we may be in another one of those cycles where Google is is Microsoft this time around, in that they've managed to slay some of the dragons of getting all of this stuff commoditized, and now. They potentially have an advantage, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I would also say Microsoft, while an extremely distant competitor at this time, is still very interesting. They have a lot of money, and you know, let's just look at Microsoft really quickly. Uh, this is a company that decided one day, hey, we're going to get into the uh, the console gaming market, right? And yep. so they put their their Xbox on the market, and they heavily subsidized it, and they. Everybody was crying foul, and and they just kept at it. And at this point nowadays, Xbox makes them a big pile of money. They stuck with it for like 10 years before it really started churning money. So I see Microsoft doing the same kind of thing with their Windows phone. They've got something innovative, and they're just going to keep the the pedal on the metal for – for years and years and years and press their way into the market. And uh, that's probably the best strategy. That's the right thing to do if you're Microsoft, I think. But they've got a long way to go. I mean, they're buying developers, essentially. They're paying developers to develop apps for their platform, and they're trying to turn it into a platform uh, really by by both brute force and they actually have some interesting uh, uh, UI to their product. So I think, you know... <coughs> You look at you look at uh, Google though as as what Microsoft was. They're supplying the software, and they've effectively delegated the the creation of the hardware to other companies. But then they they looked and saw what was going on in the market, and and there's a million forks of Android now. So uh, they're looking at all these handsets, and every one of them is subpar in some way. So they said, you know what, we got to get together. <laughs> 
and make like the reference hardware, and that's what they've done with the with the Nexus line. Uh, and I got to say, it's it's the right thing. It's exactly what they should do because at this point, or at least to date, the hardware manufacturers have have been missing the mark. And so to have Google come in and say, look, this is this is what you got to do. You got to do at least this. This is the flagship device. Uh, that's that was very smart on on their part, I think. Great. So what do you so in between now, I guess, and our the last time we recorded. Uh, the Windows 8 phone came out, and yeah. there was a there was actually a really good press event, and they've got some cool things there, like you were talking about. I think probably my there's a couple of things that stand out. I think the live lock screen, which I'm sure they've pat- <clears throat> excuse me patented or are on the way to patenting. I'm sure they patented it. Um, that's pretty interesting, and I think the the idea they've got this kids corner thing. We've talked about whether that's good or bad. Yep. But what they what they do have, as you said, is they've got a, this you know however many billions of cash to throw at a problem. And I'm just curious, what do you what do you think about you watch we watch the event together? Yeah. Uh, what do you uh, what do you think about uh, Windows Phone and can they pull themselves out of the ditch? Well, I do think they can pull themselves out of the ditch. I think, unfortunately, it's called Windows Phone. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's that just – it's a horrible name. I, I don't want Windows – I don't want Windows. That's not what I want. You know, they, they should have called it something else. But that's, that's purely, you know, semantics, uh, hopefully. Um, I think the event is good. I think they uh, – they're, they're learning. I think they have too many people on stage a lot of times. And uh, there, there, there's a couple of, you know, they're they're trying to be everything to everyone, which you know, it's it's interesting because there's this presentation that's clearly meant for business folk. There's there's an amateurish presentation for the average user, and then there's probably a presentation saying almost completely the opposite, pitched toward hardware manufacturers and the other sort of industry side uh, people. But Microsoft is walking a very strange line there. They've got, they've, they're, they're, they have so many different customers that a lot of times almost directly with directly competing uh, interests that you have, to, you have to keep in mind this presentation I'm watching here is targeted toward the, uh, you know, consumers or OEMs or whatever it happens to be because the, the, the playbook really does shift a lot when you know depending That's right. on which one. What did you? Yeah, think it was kind of interesting. It? I thought the I thought the Jessica Alba thing was just a disaster. That was a horrible <laughs> yeah. part of the presentation. Yeah, she and, was not. Yeah, she we'll was, put a link to the presentation on our uh, on our podcast. I assume it's probably archived somewhere online. Clearly, when Bomber got on stage at the end, that was the message to the street and to their partners. You know that they were not going to run everybody over. And, you know that the they were they were still supporting the channel, blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think that if they're going to do it, they've got to take the same approach that Windows and Google have taken and say, look, this is, you know, and their relationship with Nokia and, and the phone they their top of the line phone with Nokia. I forget the model, but supposedly it is absolutely top shelf. Yeah. But the problem is nobody cares and. At least not yet. And I think your analogy of the uh, 
of the Xbox is an interesting one because they were, you know, they were off the grid and they Microsoft was not in the gaming business at all. It came out of a research project. The Xbox project just came out of somebody squirrel, squirreled away in a lab saying, I wonder what would happen if we built a gaming platform. And lo and behold, 10 years later, they've got something that kicks everybody's rear end. Yeah. And so I wonder, my concern for them is, do they have, I don't think they've got that kind of runway because I think my guess is Windows 8 as a desktop if we're comparing, so let's compare Apple to Microsoft for a bit. You've got Windows 8 desktop, which competes with OS 10 or OS X, and and the the Windows 8 is not being well received in the marketplace at all. Right. And so now you've got the they've got the problem. You know, most of their sales are driven by the fact that you've got Windows everywhere on the desktop. And I think the what they're going to what they potentially run in, run the risk of is as that flags and and people you know move away from Microsoft for whatever reason that drags a whole lot of things with it. So whether it's office licenses or you know people stop using Microsoft for the server environment, which is where they make a ton of money. If you talk about SQL Server yeah. and Windows Server and all of those things, they make a pile of money licensing that. Yeah. I just wonder, uh, I wonder if they're, I, I really hope they're not, but it seems like they're in just, they're in deep water in a, in a number of key areas. Yeah, they are. They are. I think, though, that uh, they've been uh, interesting and very impressive when uh, backed up against a wall. They've shown the ability to, to turn on a dime. I just don't think they have the right guy in the, in the captain's chair. Uh, that's a problem, um, but I, I think you know if he doesn't go, I think Balmer was uh, what was he, uh, twenty eighteen or something? He said he would retire. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. If if he doesn't go out by twenty eighteen, and he go he'll go a little earlier uh, for other reasons. But uh, you know, it, it, if they if they had the right person in the chair there, I would, I, I would be so much more interested. I think it's a it's a failure of uh, you know just just seeing around corners. Uh, yeah, he well, can- he's a he's a he's a sales guy. He's a channel sales guy, yeah. I think at heart. And I think the what would be interesting for me is if if Microsoft put somebody in the chair like uh, like Yahoo did when they hired Marissa Mayer or yeah. somebody like that. You sure. know, somebody that's got a completely different view of the planet. Yeah. And just said, "Here, you've got two years. Yeah, and two uh, go crazy. Billion. Go ahead. You know, yeah, take make the radical changes. Whatever it's going to take, we want you to do. And yeah, I would, I would imagine, you know, and we we need to talk about this at some point. But I think it'll be interesting to watch what happens with Yahoo because I predict they'll be back with a vengeance in some way. Yeah, I think you're right because I just feel like she's that good. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm, I'm." We'll see, but I'm I'm encouraged by uh, Marissa's time there. Some some people have a very negative opinion of her, and I I don't. I think she's uh, think she's going to be really good. Different, uh, you yeah. know, different take and all. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's it for today's show. Yeah. We're so finally thanks back. everybody for listening. Uh, post comments on either our website or we love to see comments on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. Uh, Until next time, thanks for listening.
See you later.